write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Existentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know that was great. Sounds Watts with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige. My partner in crime's not here. Easy Blues. He's off doing a mission for God right now. And one person that always does a mission from God, great individual, amazing human being, always works hard, always helps the people who are very close to him and he has a great story to tell he's on behind the brand he's a good friend of mine he's a great person like i said before uh, i'm not really good at bigging people up but i'm gonna try the best way i can his name is trey miller trey how you doing today man i'm doing well so i can't complain absolutely absolutely and you have just an amazing life right now um, I just want to know a little bit what, what goes just inside your head, just inside your cranium as I have like less than an hour to talk to you. But um, what started just um, for your love of just what you do, for your love of just like with your mission, just through Jesus and just through like the different, you know, activities that you do just like outside, you know, off your job and, you know, stuff like that. Just tell people just a little bit about your story and what's going on inside your head. Go right ahead, man. Uh, growing up um, as a young kid, I was in a situation where mm -hmm. I was in a home where my dad was a militant guy and, you know, he was from the South. So things were different. Right. Um, I didn't have the I had a proper home, but things were challenging for me. So what made me really get on my my way of getting with God and stuff like that, it was because I was. I was a trouble team. So I was always fighting. I was getting in trouble. Mm. Uh, I had situations where they were trying to lock me up behind bars for many years. Um, people say I brag about my life, but it's not bragging. It's more of a testimony. Um, mm. as people don't get it because where I've been through, where I've been, I was with gangs before I sold drugs. I didn't did all that stuff. Um, but then it got to a point in 1999 I got into a really bad fight with other individuals and the uh, got arrested and, you know, the court was getting ready to charge us with a variety of charges. Um, mm -hmm. And the worst one was, uh, you know, it was more of attempted murder type because that's how bad we fought. Mm. Uh, I tell people that my life was, it was a struggle because I was missing something within when I lost my son in 2003 2004 lost my grandfather 2005 lost my other grandfather so i was in a direction where i didn't know where i was going um i started turning to other avenues of drinking and smoking because i was trying to get to a point in life where i was trying to fulfill a void um the void when i tried to do those things out of the ordinary still didn't feel it so mm -hmm. as times went on um I start to get myself together because I'm like, life is more precious serving God than not serving him. And I remember like it was yesterday, my mom said to me, she was like, Trey, are you ready to serve God? And I'm like, mom, you know, I'm ready for it. You know, and she was like, well, I don't think you understand what you're saying. I'm like, okay, mom. So what are you saying? Are you really to serve him? So I'm like, yeah. She was like, because if you serve him, you're going to go through hell. But I'm like, Mom, I'm already going through hell now. So whatever I'm doing now doesn't even affect. She was like, but no, you're going to go through it. Mm. So I went and I gave my life to Christ. And since then, I was times where I'm like, 
this is one of the hardest battles I ever faced. You know, I'm like, God, because like, I can't, like, this is this is a struggle for me. Uh, there was times where I went two years, I didn't have, uh, I mean, I didn't have a job, I was struggling, but God still made a way for me. Um, right. I start to, you know, get angry. I'm like, God, you said you would never leave me for nor forsake me, but where are you at? Like, you see your child struggling. Um, but it got to the point where the level of, my heart of where I stand is like, okay, do I really trust God? It's either I trust him or I don't trust him. So it got to the point where I started to trust him even more. And that's when things started to fall in place. Um, I tell people, you know, God delivered me from cigarettes, from drinking, from getting in trouble, from car accidents to um, I was basically homeless. And God brought me out of there and brought me to a position where my life is a lot better now. So my daily activities is I pray every day. That's my main thing. I get up every morning. I focus on God. I pray over my kids every day. And I pray over people that I really don't know and people that I do know because sometimes people can't pray for themselves. So mm. that's my average daily thing is my first thing. I get up sometimes at three in the morning. I pray and go back to sleep or sometime up for the whole time. But um, I'm always doing things. And I started serving things in ch church, on the choir. I actually sung with uh, Doritha, not Doritha, I'm sorry, uh, Dorothy Norwood. She's actually a famous gospel singer. Okay. Sung with her. Um, so, you know, there's things I do in the church. You know, I was running the men's thing. Um, so I was always involved. I'm always helping going to different churches. Now, I hate to cut you off, mm -hmm. but you said you were no, running. Good. You said you were running something. Uh, what program or what um, part of the church were you running exactly? So I was running more of the men's group, like the men's Okay. Choir. Men's choir, um, so got you, got you. I'm sorry. So I no, that's fine. So I was in charge of that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm always because I used to go from church to church to speak to individuals, like young individuals. So I spoke to them, you know, gave them my life story, where God brought me from. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always that was my thing because I see the young generation, I see myself within them when I, I was growing up. So mm -hmm. I tell people there's nothing too hard for God not to change. If that's you true. really want to change, you can change, but I got to the point in my life, I'm like, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm either going to have another man take care of my kids, I'm going to be dead, I'm going to be locked up somewhere. So I said, listen, I can't go down that avenue. So I didn't want to be in a statistic of a man to say, listen, I cannot be in a position where somebody else does for me that I can do for myself. So I had to get myself together. So I started making sure that I started doing things right. So I stay in my Bible. I'm always going to churches. I'm always serving. So I'm always doing the things I can do to help out. Mm, mm, mm. You mentioned um, that your mom was telling you that you have to go through hell and everything that you have to, there's like a real battle. Uh, just yeah. briefly, just um, not really briefly, but just tell me about that. Just like, really like what really made you just feel like, you know, just beyond just like mentally, not physically, but mentally put you back into that great space because it's like what you said, you've been through a lot arrested, dealing with gangs, all this other nonsense, but then you had to do a complete 180. Cause when I met you, I would never think of the person like that at all. So how did you get to that space mentally? Because really it's hard for that average person. It's hard. And it got to the point where like it was, my mental game was so messed up that mm -hmm. I was coming from what I've seen in life, the people I've been around with, I, I didn't seen 
dudes get hurt. I seen dudes get yeah. stabbed. I done seen all this stuff. So mm-hmm. mentally, I'm like, this is not the life I want to do. And people don't understand when when you come, when you convert from, it's just like a, an addict. They go from being an addict to now I'm coming trying to recover. But there's always something that you're going to battle with, and that's your flesh. Right. So my flesh was to the point was my flesh was battling and it did not want me to get to a point in life where I can succeed. So mm. yes, mentally, I, I was having dreams at night. I was having right. things where I'm seeing demons and I'm seeing all types of stuff. Like they were trying to kill me. Mm. They were trying to take me out. So, and I'm like, if I get under the armor of God, mm. God is going to be the one that's going to save me from all this. Right. He's going to protect the ones that's connected. I didn't had dreams where, I mean, like I seen things happen before me and mm-hmm. in real life it actually happened. So mentally I could not be in a place to accept that when I wasn't there. So now that I'm in a better place now, I'm able to sustain and I'm able to handle that. So now I'm able to guide people, tell people, listen, I, I've seen this, I've seen this happen. For a good example, my mm-hmm. grandfather, he had cancer one day mm-hmm. and, uh, so I went with him. I remember like it was when I was like it was yesterday in the day. So we went to the doctors. The doctor said, you know, they called him Mr. Johnson. Like, Mr. Johnson, we got to take blood work. You know, they took his blood. He's screaming like a girl. I'm like, Pop, stop doing that stuff. What you screaming for? So we went in for x-rays. He came out. Doctor comes out, says, you have cancer all in your chest. Oh. So he um, says, I need to see you back here another week. Okay. And, and my grandfather said, he gets up. He says, come on. He walks out. He didn't loot. He wasn't sad. He wasn't mad. The first thing he did, he started to pray. And when he started to pray, we came back in a week later, he took blood and grin. He's screaming like a girl. I'm like, stop doing that. It was embarrassing. He goes near the x-ray. Doctor comes out, says, why did you come back here? Mm. He says, because you told me to. He literally took both x-rays and put them up and all the cancer was gone. So wow. I seen things like that and to the point where I'm like, wow. it was phenomenal. So all the cancer you had actually went away. My wow. sister had cancer. God delivered her. Um, there's many things I could tell you where like the things I physically seen, like from my own physical being of eyes seeing. So mm-hmm. a lot of the mentally stuff, like it really, so I'm like, if God is really doing this for people, mm-hmm. why I can't be in that place? If he promises children this, I'm going to step forward. I'm going to do this. So then I start to do that. Then my blessings start to come. Mm. It, it It's really crazy. People don't really talk about cancer until it affects them or the people that they love. Mm-hmm. Most people, it, it it's wild. And just for to hear that story, just going just within that short time frame with all that to be gone. You, it was a blessing. Yeah. When I lost my son back in 2003, uh-huh. so 2003, mm-hmm. and this is why I tell people, I'm going to speak more of a father now. Like when you have a mate, mm-hmm. all that arguing and stuff, there's no reason for that. Right. And my ex-wife said one day, she says, I'd rather serve the devil before I serve God. Wow. And I said to my, and it scared me because I'm like, what are you really saying to yourself? Like, are you really saying this? So then- not too long after, me and her got into an argument. Right. And we went to the doctors that morning. The ultrasound was good. Baby was breathing fine. Mm-hmm. That night, she woke up and she started to have cramps. Ooh. Her placenta broke. 
Oh my god. And she had an infection inside her placenta. Oh my goodness. So she couldn't move. The ambulance comes, get her to the hospital. The baby dies at 6.03. Man. So we dealt with that. And God specifically told us, I'm about to give you double for what you just lost. Mm. So not even a month later, she got pregnant again. Mm. Now, mind you, your woman's insides takes a while for everything to, to yeah. have another baby. She gets pregnant again. I had another, I had a daughter. My daughter, she comes out, she was in the hospital for about six, seven months. Mm-hmm. And she ended up getting a trach in her throat. Mm-hmm. And doctor told me, she was like, well, and he said, well, your daughter can't go home, Mr. Miller, until you actually know how to, you know, uh, to learn how to suction. And I'm like, I don't want to see my baby like that. No father wants to see the kid like that. Of course not. So we prayed and we took her picture every day. We went before God. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed. Mm-hmm. And she comes home. Two years, she had a trach. The doctors told us that my daughter would never walk, talk, and be like, like one of those students that's in school now. But at the end of the day, I told myself, the devil is a liar because God has a say so of everything. Mm. So I went home. We all, we kept praying. Now, if you look at my daughter, she's a straight A student. She's going to college to become a lawyer and she's going to do a lot of things. So I tell people that just because what somebody says, that's not the final say. That's not the final say. That's so true. And this is why when you ask me about the mental, this is why my mental will start to get different than most people because mm-hmm. of things I have came across in my account. Mm. It's funny because I always tell people that um, words are just words at the words end of the words. day. Um, a lot of people, I really think it's sometimes just the frosting on the cake because it can yeah. look just a type of way. But exactly. Read, but, but it really depends on the cake itself. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like it really depends on that cake itself. It could be a good cake or a bad cake. The frosting doesn't make the cake. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can break, I can break it down to any analogy <laughs> because I love food. But I'm a fat boy out. <laughs> you ain't the only one, brother. <laughs> but like words, they're just frosted. You know what I'm saying? Because like at the at the end of the day, you know what I mean? It be it, the presentation may look good, but at the end, but it's all about the taste of how it is. Exactly. You yeah. know. And you really can't judge judge books by its covers. I mean, I had my hardships. I've changed. It, it's it's great learning about your change as well, too. But when exactly. we talk about changes, you mentioned earlier about, you know, just talking to these kids that you see yourself in them, uh, about being a mentor. And what are some of the challenging parts? Because the best thing about the youth is they're more open to advice than, like, say, people our age. But like, it's really hard just trying or trying your best just to make them just see your point of view. So what are just some ways and just some like routines and just some stuff that you like to, you know, give the kids some advice, some like uplifting information that, you know, life's not over. Because sad to say, there's some people who give up at the great prime of their life, which is very disappointing. You know, and I look at these young the young generation now, then I'll give an example. I went to, um, I went, I used to work for Comcast and I went to a side of this customer's house and I'm doing a cable, me and my buddy. And yeah, the lady, all of a sudden she started talking to me. She was like, you know, I was like, are you okay? She was like, yeah, my son's arguing around the house. He's doing this in the third. Right. And she says, I said, well, let me speak to him. So she told me he'd come out there with an attitude. Mm. 
Mm. First of all, he sits on the couch and I'm looking at this dude. So I'm like, this dude's problem. So then she told him, he gets up. I said, so I get in his face. I said, listen, if you ever disrespect your mom again, you're going to have a problem with me. Oh, wow. Your mother, your mother <laughs> is your mother. And that's who's going to always be there for you in spite of what you do. I don't care if you lie. I don't care if you tell the truth. She's yeah. gonna always do it. That's what a mother does. Fathers, we're a different breed. We might be like, nah, you stay there. No, I'm not. But something about mothers. <laughs> so I sat there and I talked to him. What I started doing yeah. was I started calling him every day, checking him. Uh-huh. You, you need anything? Let's do this. Take a ride with me. Do this. And I start to explain to him from where I came from. Mm-hmm. I used to fight a lot, all the time. And I tell people, I understand where you're coming from because I love my father dearly. But my father was from the South, so all he had to do was work back then. So the man's role was take care of your household, pay the bills, and you sleep, the mom takes care of you. So my guidance was kind of hard because I got my guidance from other places. And mm-hmm. that was the streets at the time. So I had to understand, listen, that's where I got my love from. Not to say my dad wasn't dad, because my dad's a phenomenal man. I give him all the props for he's a good man. Mm-hmm. So when I tell these individuals, like, in spite of what people say to you or what they say about you, I don't care mm-hmm. if you're black, I don't care if you're white, I don't care what you are. You have to know that you can do it. You have to believe in yourself. Because at the end of the day, you have to cheer your own self for them. Because no matter what you try to do from other people, you want recognition from other folks, they're not going to give you that same thing you're going to give yourself. You That's have true. to pick yourself up. If yeah. you see yourself slipping, pick yourself up. Know that you can do it. At the end of the day, you have to know. Because if you don't know what you're capable of doing, you're never going to know what your future is. And I tell them, you have to have a blueprint a blueprint in life in order to make that next move. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a purpose of what you're doing, you're just going to go in circles like a dog chasing their tail and you're going to just go nowhere. Yeah. It's an endless hamster wheel. That's that's all it is. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, you don't right about that one. But <laughs> oh man, it took a lot of bravery, like going up, going up to that kid that you just met for the first time, and just saying, "Don't talk to your mom like that." Because I literally got <laughs> not too many people like... would go go up to the kids like that at all. Like I literally got his yeah. face, and she was like, "Like to this day, if I see her, like she'll say hi to me, she'll give me a hug, we'll not, but." Uh-huh. You know, it's like when I speak to people, some people might not like it, mm-hmm. but it's not that I'm doing it out of disrespect. I'm doing it because no. I don't want to stand up. When working inside the prison and I see what goes on, oh man, inmates that I spoke to, and they would tell you Miller was one of the coolest dudes they ever met. Because what I'm the way I am now is where I was in prison. And mm. they would tell me, they said, listen, anything you ever need, you let us know. I talked, I went, this one guy was in there, I talked to him and I said, listen, I looked him dead in his face. I said, he was like, he got in jail because he was with some kids and mm. he caught a gun charge and it wasn't his gun. And I said to him, I said, you're in here for that? He said, yep. I said, now where, where are those same dudes that you were riding with, where they at now? They didn't come to see you, right? He said, nope. I said, well, who stood by you? He said, my family. That's mm. what you should be worrying about. And you're yeah. out here. And I told him that whole street code stuff. Don't snitch. Listen, I'm older now. We have a life to live. Now you're behind bars because of what? And I talk to him all the time. And he says, you know what? I really respect you for talking to me like a human being. And that's what I do. I talk to people. I don't have to disrespect you for what? Because yeah. you're you're not going to listen to somebody that's going to disrespect you. You're going to shut down. 
But even though if I'm respecting you and you and you come out sideways and you know that I'm not that type of person, you're gonna actually open up and be like, he really does care what he's talking about. When I'm, when he, because he doesn't want to see us, doesn't want to see us fail. And my main thing is, if I can change somebody instead of going on that road. And every inmate I talked to, I said, listen, do me one favor. And they said, what was that? I said, never come back here. You don't mm. deserve to be here. There's dudes I said I have a lot of respect for you. And they're like, why? Listen, you're a human being like I am. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're here for rape, for murder. I don't care. Even the craziest criminals have respect for me. They laugh at me because I don't treat nobody disrespectfully. Because I know how it is to be profiled. I know how it is to be treated wrong because of my skin color. I know how it is to be put in a cop car with six other black people. I know how it. I understand how that stuff is. So why am I going to make your life more miserable? So when I talk to these individuals, I give them my background where I came from. You don't have to be like this to get respect. You don't have to be, I'm I'm following this dude. No, because you're only going to put yourself in a situation. I tell my kids, I got two daughters. You got two daughters? As I hear this on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself prestige with Trey Miller <laughs> behind the brand. Go right ahead, Trey. Helping two daughters. <laughs> you know, and, and I tell, I always taught my kids, all you two is have is each other. Yeah. And they always stick with that. So my kids know that if something happens to your mom or father, you two will always have each other's back. And to this day, my kids are close. Some people are like, why are you teaching that? Because if they go out there, I want my kids going the wrong road. So my kids have to understand what you have is what you mold yourself to. You strut you hold on to that because that's what you have. There's nothing wrong to having different people out there, but the real people that really got your back and I keep it in your mind is your family and your brothers and sisters. True. That is absolutely true. That is, that is wholeheartedly true. Especially I learned that as I get older. <laughs> because I was the type of person that always used to have like fights with my brothers or my sisters over like the most nonsense, you know? Exactly. Just like with children and everything. But like when you get older, you realize all you have is them and just whatever differences yeah. and stuff you have to put aside. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say this way the best way I can. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit thankful uh, for pandemic because I got to know him just a little bit more. It was more time to myself, you know, God forbid, you know, all that, you know, illnesses and what happened, exactly. you know what I'm saying to everybody else. But I'm thankful that I got that, that, you know, that, that quiet time, just like away from work, you know, isolated. And all I had was my family exactly. just to speak to, you know, exactly. so that was enough time, like to speak to my brothers and my sisters, just to reach out to them. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Um, Cause I got two sisters with sickle cell, yeah. you know, with, with during the pandemic. So I was, I, I was trying to talk to them the best way I can, because you know what I'm saying? That affects your immune system and you really can't, yeah. you know, go outside as much places as you know right now now they have that luxury but like back then three years ago you couldn't go anywhere especially if you had something going on with your system so i was talking to them back and forth my brother has asthma i was talking to him back and forth are you okay what's going on and without that i probably would have just saw him during events or during a holiday you know not reaching out to the people that i love so that's the main thing though. Like I, yeah, I harp on that because no matter what, um, family is, is what you really have. And sometimes you can't even mm -hmm. deal with family, you know? And my thing is, if you're not positive, if you're not going in the same direction I'm going, 
I will cut you off. I don't care if your family, I don't care if your friends. Because right. the older you get, there's no reason to keep dealing with nonsense. There's no reason for that. Respectfully, no by the way, respectfully. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm not supposed to do backwards. You know, but I'm, I'm not that type of dude. Like, I, I stay away from all drama. I don't want that stuff. But, you know, right. it's, you have to know where you're going mm-hmm. in life because I, I know people that's 46, 50 years old, still doing the same stuff they were doing years ago when they were kids. Yeah. And you have nothing to show for it. And I tell, I'm like, even myself, I'm going back to school to get my bachelor's degree. You know oh, what I'm saying? Good for you. I'm, good for I'm you, 43. man. Thank good you. Good for I'm, you, man. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah. there's always sky's the limit because the more I do, the more I have under my belt, the more I have in my belt, the more I can help somebody else. So a lot of things I'm doing is not just for me, it's for my kids because they have to know that when I leave and die, they have something that they can fall back on. I'm doing so much for my kids because at the end of the day, I want them to never have to worry about nothing. So that is my goal. That is my goal to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to buy a two-family house and I'm going to end up leaving that house to them. And, you know, so I'm doing so much stuff behind closed doors. But mm-hmm. my goal is if you're not positive, we can't talk. I agree. I agree. Because, like, any negative words, any energy is just going to just mess everything up. Exactly. Even that little 1%. Exactly. <laughs> it's still a percent. Even that little 1% is just going to exactly. ruin stuff when everything is in motion. everything. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. Um, Now, I, I got to be my, on my nosy side. I got to be an interviewer now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what major are you going back to? What major? Let, let, I'm actually going to go for uh, criminal okay. justice. Okay, um, that makes a lot of sense. You know, if, even if right. that, I just do something simple. Um, okay. I just want something to be to the point where being 43, is it hard mm. going back to school after I've been out of school for two decades? Oh, yeah. But there's <laughs> nothing that's not going to stop me from doing it. True. Uh, knowledge is power. And I just had a True. conversation with somebody today, you know, when we were talking about, you know, racism. We are talking about bass. I'm like, the reason why people are in the situation they are day because they don't have knowledge and power. They don't have that wisdom. We, as people, I'm talking about everybody. I don't care what color you are. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. In order to get past a law, you have to know the law. In order so you won't get bullied, because a lot of things that we go through, we just get bullied because we don't know. If you don't have the common sense to know what's really out there, of course, you're going to get taken advantage of. So the more I know, the more I can educate my kids, the more they can educate their kids have kids. So education is very important. Like I said, it's to the point where you can be whatever individual you are. I don't care. It's just knowing what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. And being in this world that we're in today, you have to know something. I mean, even if you have to go to court to defend yourself or, you know, you get a ticket, whatever, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter what the case is. You have to know what you're talking about. So knowing that you're going to get far in life. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Um, I I support you going to college and just, you know, make, oh, definitely, definitely. And make yourself a better human being. But um, I think you and I can agree uh, the best school and the best knowledge um, just as we get older is the real world, man. The real world. Yo, definitely. Just um, living, surviving day by day, um, interacting with different personalities. Um now, the reason that you chose criminal justice, the reason like for you being a correctional officer, do you feel it was um, just 
God himself um, giving you an answer, just everything that you went through in your life, all these battles, all these back and forths. Um, do you feel it was your calling just like to be in criminal justice, just to be that shining light, be that angel, be that message, just to tell people that, no, you can do it. This is not your end. Do you feel that way? I do. And, you know, right. and God called me to be a pastor and mm -hmm. um, I was running for so long and I'm still, I'm not gonna lie, I'm still running. Yeah, um, we all are. Because, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I see what goes on and like, I love God so much that I hate to disappoint him. Like I would hate to disappoint my kids. And, you know, when I look at other individuals do things that they shouldn't be doing, like it makes me like put me two steps back. But my mom said, listen, you can't look at everybody. You have to look at yourself. This is okay. a one-on-one -on -one race. It's not me, Obama and Bill Clinton. It's not all of us. It's me by myself. Um, but for what I've been through, yes, I, I really believe in, sincerely in my heart that when you have the kingdom in you, you have that love for you and you show that, you show people there's another avenue. You don't always have to be mistreated because you you did this. And mm -hmm. I don't judge nobody for what you did because in reality, everyone in this world has done something they shouldn't have done. That's and true. you cannot That's point true. fingers at people. Yeah. I mean, you might have stole candy. You might have stole a car. You might have broken into doesn't matter. We all have done something that we should not have done. And this is yeah. why I like when people say I'm the most easiest person to talk to because I don't condemn you. I don't judge you. I'll just give you advice. I can't tell you how to, I can guide you how to get out, but I can't take you out. You have to take yourself out. So I, my phone goes off every single day. Ooh. There's not one time I don't talk on the phone about somebody having problems. I do it every day because they come to me. Listen, I'm a firm right. believer that I don't knock anybody because my daughter goes to see, she goes to see a therapist. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, believe I don't everybody. knock it. Yeah. One thing right. I told my daughter right. is that they're going to give you book stuff, but I need somebody. The reason why I talk to my kids is because I've been through a lot of stuff. So mm. I can give you the real life. I, they can't give you that real life. I, I, didn't, I didn't go to school to do this. You know, I went through the life of what I did so I can actually guide them. So I, I tell my kids, listen, you know, I help my kids all the time. They come to me, they'll vent to me. And I always tell my kids, it's going to be all right. Just got to pray. It's going to be all right. But yes, I really think that God put me in a place to show people, like, listen, if I came out of it, they can come out of it. See, my thing about therapy, um, I'm not against it. I'm not me against neither. it no, one me. bit because like everybody should vent to someone. Yes. But no, I'm, I feel everyone shouldn't vent to everyone. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Because like, like exactly. how you um, said just a little bit earlier, man, there's a difference. There's a difference with somebody you. who went through it and there's a difference for somebody who had that book knowledge of just how to talk to people throughout different situations. You know, That's they right. can uh, suggest different stuff, but like they don't know what's really going on in the gut feeling or the soul has like a little similar feeling to what you're going exactly. through. And exactly. it's very difficult just to open up to somebody. Like I, yeah. I was even looking at, looking at some of the stuff that I saw, you know how the algorithms work on Instagram and like different yeah. social media, <laughs> things like that. They have apps now to talk to people and talk your frustrations <laughs> to. And I feel that so wrong. I feel that sinful. I shouldn't talk to a <laughs> robot about my problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that robot didn't have that depression. That robot <laughs> didn't have, you know, 
all this like struggle that robot was just invented by man to work a certain way to operate a certain way that robot doesn't have brain waves going through their exactly. head just like yeah. random feelings going back and forth i felt exactly. that's just so wrong to sell to people you can't just have a therapy app and just talk to some yeah. to talk to your device that's so that in my opinion that lowers your mental health instead of just boosting up exactly. you know and so I really feel some people, you know, even though they went to school for it, aren't meant to tackle some of the problems, you know, that they talk to you about. They can't. It, it, it can be a really hard position being just a therapist. And mind you, mm. they're going through stuff, too. Everybody has a situation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're going through stuff, too. So to take what they're talking to you about and then the the therapist probably need his therapist or her therapist <laughs> to talk about something it's so crazy and it's i really think you can crazy. agree with that it, it's so crazy so i like the fact how you separated the two yeah. it makes so much sense you know exactly. i really feel you know you can save a lot of money once again i'm not against it i'm oh, not me neither, therapy no. one bit but i really feel you can save a lot of money because life's too short, like the whole back, you know what I'm saying? Like all these negative emotions in you. Exactly. Talk to somebody who went through almost a similar path because you can learn a lot from each other. You can. And that's the you thing. Can, like, yeah. uh, uh, a crackhead can't tell an alcoholic how to get off that because you got it two different Seriously. Ways. Yes. Thank you. And that's, that's a perfect knowledge. That's where it comes down to like, mm -hmm. you know, somebody that's been out there to somebody that hasn't been out there. You can't really tell me anything, but. I can listen to you. That doesn't mean I'm going to take your advice. I right. mean, there's nothing wrong. Like I said, I'm not against it. Everybody needs to talk to Absolutely. somebody. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I surround myself around people that has been through challenges. I don't say situations. I don't say struggles because that's something, the terms I just don't use. But a challenge, a challenge you can actually get out of it. You know what I'm saying? So you're in a place where we're all helping each other. We're not downgrading each other, but we're lifting each other up. So if I know people that's going through it, if I have a problem with uh, smoke. I don't smoke, but if I had a problem, with smoke, I'm going to somebody that. How did you get off that? Show me. Yeah, of course. Yes. My dad always told us. Yes. I live by this principle to the day. Mm. My dad said, "If you, you want to be broke, you hang around broke people. You yeah. want to have money, you hang around people with money, but don't ask them. But watch how they do it. Yeah, watch so, how they operate. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when you see that, you'll be able to elevate yourself. So it's what you want to do and what type of person you want to be like to be the people that you hang around with. Oh, of course. I, I totally get that. I totally agree. Um, mind you, there's a lot of people who I let go respectfully. Me too. You know, no, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't disrespectful. But exactly. you know what I'm saying? Like 2020 um, really opened my eyes just with interactions with people. Um, it really exactly. told me to, you know, I really feel I don't have to fight with everybody. You no, know what I'm saying? I, don't, I, like, I think it's a waste of time proving that you're right to somebody. Exactly. I, I really think that you can agree with this because like exactly. it's they're just going back and forth just with a person too much exhaustion just physically too a lot of people it, think exactly. like physically with the argument too like it just drains you it does and then you go to bed with that you know <laughs> you go to bed with that and everything and I, I heard this uh great quote and mm -hmm. i think you can agree to this um holding a grudge with somebody and you know putting all this hate in your heart it just drains you. It's just like drinking poison yourself. That is true. Because yeah. I almost, so not too long ago, I uh, mm. I went through a divorce mm. and I was so angry with my ex-wife and I, I was going through a lot of stuff between a lot of things that was going on. 
but I almost had a stroke twice because oh, I'm dealing with things and people don't understand the more you hold in. Yeah. Listen, if you don't let that stuff out and forgive somebody, yeah, then you're going to, you. you're in bondage. You're, you're, yeah. nowhere, you're not going to get out of it. Of course. They yes, moved on I agree. Life and you're still stuck. So uh -huh. at the end of the day, like I tell people, <laughs> I forgive my ex-wife for what she did to me. I'm not even mad. You know what I'm saying? Right. I have to learn to forgive because I live by this model also. If I don't forgive whoever did anything wrong, how is God going to forgive me? That's my model. There you go. And I live, I live by that go. principle. I live by go. that principle. So I forgive everybody, even though I don't want to or I have mm -hmm. to. Like yeah. I tell folks, you know, I had a conversation with somebody and I'm like, they were like, they were going through something. And I'm like, listen, only way you know you forgave somebody if your flesh does not rise up and get upset. Mm -hmm. If you got to talk about somebody and you still get mad, you're not over that person. Now, there's a difference between forgiving somebody and walking on and holding on to something. Now, I never forget what you've done to me. Doesn't mean I doesn't mean I didn't forgive you because I forgave you. Right. If I can walk past you and still say hi to you. I'm not mad with you anymore. For what? While you're happy, smiling, I'm over here stressed out. I'm not doing it. So now I don't argue with people. If people get mad. I'm just like, no problem. I smile and keep moving because I, do. I people, once again, I live by another model. You reap what you sow and people say karma. But what you do is going to come back home to you. You're going to screw your own self. I'm not doing that to myself. No. So I forgive everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't get mad with people no more. I walk away. Yeah. no reason to get and, and when your health starts getting mm -hmm. involved and your health starts to get jeopardized, no, I'm not trying to be carried out by six. I'm trying to live to see 120. So I'm not doing it. So, you know, um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Um, it, I am not going to lie. Um, at first, it was hard. It yeah. was hard because, like, I'm not going to lie. At first, it was hard. Like, forgiveness is so hard. And I really feel forgiveness is mental discipline. Yes, it is. It really is. I really feel forgiveness is mental discipline because, like, Mind you, I'm in my 20s and I'm holding stuff to heart with people who did me wrong in high school, elementary school, and right. it, it's just it's just bad, you know. Okay. You know, like some like some areas like I refuse to go to because I know that certain someone is there, you know, even yeah. at their job or exactly. just at school or whatever. And you know, I'm yeah. holding myself back for you know going to this area where I could have met like a great individual there, <laughs> you, you know, you know, and just because that certain someone and that certain someone did this to me and I, I got to get mad at the world and I'm putting too much into this mental revenge. It's just like, it's too much. It's too, it's much. too much. Like and I always, I look at it like this mm -hmm. also, like I, I say this with love and I look at it from the Bible's perspective when Judas yeah. betrayed Jesus and, he was hung on the cross and people talked about him. They lied on him. And I said, he went through that. We're going to go through the same thing also. Oh, yeah. So even though he went through it, he still had the compassion to love those people. You know what I'm saying? He still forgave them in spite of what they did to him. Mm -hmm. And I start to understand, like, I tell myself, I want to see my son again. So in order for me to see my son, I got to be clear from everything. Mm -hmm. I want to have a clean heart. I want to make it to heaven. I want to see my son again. You know what I'm saying? So that is my goal. And that's why I take life now. Like, I don't take it so serious like people do. They mm -hmm. come to work mad. Why are you mad about? 
you woke up this morning. You know what I'm saying? You're not locked up. You're not in the hospital. You can change yourself. Like, you can do everything. So why are you mad? People are just depressed nowadays. But you know what I'm saying? But I, I'm just a happy guy. So, you know, but one thing I I, I was saying this one day, yeah. and I to my friend, I said, uh, so let me ask you a question. She said, yes. I said, you, I said, nobody never checks on me. I'm always checking on people, make sure they're good. And she said, the reason why nobody checks on you is because you portray to be happy all the time. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? That makes sense because if, if you're always happy, you have nothing to complain about. You have nothing to talk about. And sure. even though you might be battling something inside, you have to let people know around you. Not everybody, but you have to let the ones you know you trust right. let you know what's going on so they can help you. I mean, we all can't be tough all the time, especially men. No, we, we can't, can't be tough. We have to be to the point we have to open up to people. But a lot of guys, they want to have this tough guy act. And like They do what they want to do. But I need help. So, you know, I ain't going to lie to you. So, you know, that's what I I'm need like. help, too, on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, <laughs> Prestige, and a partner in crime is doing a mission with God. His name is Easy Blues. He's unfortunately not here with us. But I have the great person of Trey Miller with us. My God. Blessing my us God. On, on, on the show. I hope I didn't lose your train of thought, brother. Go right ahead. No, no, you good. No. So, you know, the whole, <laughs> thing, the whole thing is it's just we men have to understand that it's okay mm -hmm. to be, it's okay to open up to people. Yeah. Had this tough back where I'm a man, I don't cry, I don't need to do this, I don't need to do that. I'm gonna listen, that whole macho stuff goes out the window, dude. Because we all, when you're in a position where you feel like you don't need nobody, yeah, then you're gonna shut everybody out your life. There you are, and you are you're very lonely. Mm -hmm. Gets lonely because you're by yourself. But once again, I always say that if you're in a position where you know everything then you're going to be the person that I'll never go to because you'll never understand to open up or try to teach somebody like that because they're not going to receive anything that you say or do for them. Oh, of course. Of course. And it's this horrible, uh, horrible rhetoric, if I said the right word, of just putting on men that you yeah. can't express your feelings you can't cry you can't you know you can't show any emotional side I understand the provider side exactly. I really do feel that men are the providers exactly as when it comes to their families and when it comes yeah. to protecting their families I really do you know and it's not like holding anybody back holding any anything back like from anybody but I really do exactly. feel like if you're a man you should go all out to provide for your family and everything exactly. because you're because you're the leader and you're building future generations you're making sure your partner is okay you know what i'm that's saying right. that's how that's how i feel but when it comes to like holding emotions back and you know not crying and men are too sensitive and just you know it, it's that that's something that i think that's bad when it comes like to different generations like older generations like put that on us and i really exactly. feel we can be you and i and just numerous others who want to listen to who are listening to this broadcast now can can mm -hmm. change that you know i we really can't feel, change it. we, we can. definitely could change it we could change that just to future generations and just make them feel it's okay to open up but i think you know? what happens is it's from a generational curse where yeah. it goes down from person to person to person mm -hmm. and it gets to the point when are you going to stop you know when are you going to say it's not going to happen anymore um that's why when you see the, the grandfather drink, the father drink, the father drink, the kid drink, the kid drink, they kid drink. It's like, <laughs> when's it going to stop? Like, you know, somebody has to stop it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to know, you have to know who you are. You have to take accountability for who you are. 
Yeah. Many don't do that. Many just be like, well, I'm the man. And listen, like you said, at the end of the day, our mission is to make sure our wife and kids are straight, our homes are taken care of. The, you know, what we need to do as a man is taken care of. And that whole woman taking care of a man stuff, I don't know where that came from. Mm. I don't know who invented that. That's not the way it goes, but I don't dig that. I don't dig it at all. One thing I want to know what came from, uh, the sovereignty of church hurt. Whose idea was that? And what's that whole idea about? Church hurt is so real. Mm -hmm. I was hurt by many pastors. Mm. I stopped going to church. Wow. Okay. Because I won't say the pastor's name up here, but I reached out to a pastor one day and I said, can you pray for me? He says, okay. And he never... He told me to come to the church and he never showed up. He wouldn't even answer his wow. phone. Oh, wow. So from a PK kid, yes, church hurt is the realest thing ever. What you see behind, what you see, it's like a lot of churches now, they're so judgmental. They're so clicky. It's like, why? There's no reason for that. Um, you know, I tell people, it's like, I don't give the devil credit, but I do say that one thing I say about him he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he's on one accord with what he, he's trying to do. But God's people is not. And when you get all this stuff, I, there's a difference between kingdom folk and church folk. Church folks are the one that lie. They steal. They backbite. They sleep with this pastor, sleep with the first, this, all that stuff. Then you got kingdom folk that really want to serve God. They're not perfect, but they really want to serve no God. No one is. No one is perfect. Exactly. Nobody's perfect, but no you try to strive to get there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The church hurt is real. I didn't came encounters where, I mean, I would never say nobody's name because I would never put nobody in the forefront like that. Of but course. Of course. There's, there's pastors out there that they're sleeping with men and they're out there preaching mm-hmm. to people. Like, like there's things that they're doing. It's like, that's unnecessary. It's like you go out there, you're saying this, you're saying that, but then it's like you turn around. You want people to follow what you're it's, doing. Or you want it's two face, little two face mentality. Exactly. I only have one face, but there's many other gotcha. that put two different hats on. It's like there's no reason for that. Mm-hmm. So I've been, like I said, I've been hurt by church people. Um, I stopped going to church for a while because I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, church is supposed to be like, you know, you're supposed to go there, you're supposed to, you know, go there, get help, you know, and people are supposed to pray, you know, things are supposed to go well. But church, church is the most realest thing ever. And I, I don't take that lightly. Like I, if I see you get hurt in church, I will say something. Like I will stick up for you because at the end of the day, a lot of these people don't say nothing. But I will put somebody in their place quick because this is not the place to hurt somebody here. You're supposed to be building somebody up, but you're knocking them down. Oh, you can't come in here with your tight dress on. You can't for what? For what? Stop judging people. Let people come. Let people come free and let them get what they need to go and send. You know, let them go. Because when you start judging people, you're contradicting them. You're saying people are not want to come to church anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If I dealt with it, I'm a, pe- I'm a preacher's kid. So I dealt with it. Imagine what other people do. That's why many people fall off from church because of what goes on behind closed doors. Do you feel anywhere can be church? You say what? Do you feel that anywhere can be a church? Because a church is welcome. Yeah. Uh, I think it, see, the reason why, okay, so good question. So the, what I... Mm-hmm. So the church is this. The church is a body. So mm-hmm. it's like your arms can't move without your shoulders. Of course. Your leg, your fingers can't move without your hands. So it's mm-hmm. it's a call, it's a connection. They're all bit, they're all connected to each other. That's what the church is there for. 
Now, people go there because you have to get yourself around people that you can basically build yourself up if you're going through something you're weak. That's what the church is there for. Now, the church is supposed to be you. You can have church at home. You can have church in your car. Mm -hmm. You can do stuff like that. But with people, they go in this whole building and they make this thing. This is where you're supposed to go. I don't have to go there every single day. I go, I can go because I need that help. I need, I'm not money. I'm not so much financial. And sometimes you just need that extra help to be around your brothers and sisters because it's just like this. If you have a, if you have a brother and you know, he's always been there to help you out and you're going through something, you're going to connect with your brother so he can give you that strength to get you back up. We need to go. You know what I'm saying? And you keep same thing with us in the church. We come together as one so we can be filled with each other and we can worship and fellowship and go about our business. So I, to me personally, you have to go to church every Sunday. I don't believe that, but some people do. I mean, that's them. I mean, people do it. I don't knock you for it. I don't knock anybody for mm-hmm. people. But well, people, you know, they, people are attached, you know, to the routine. You know, yeah. they got they got it like from they were a kid. You know, go to church on Sunday. But, you know, they still, you know, pray every day. They still, exactly. you know, do the same thing every day. People always have that routine. You know, that that mental routine in that their heads. So, really, yeah. so, so you really can't, like, knock them for that. But exactly. But you do have a valid point. They are, There is a certain amount of people that just go to church on Sunday. And that's it. Do nothing else between that Monday and through that Saturday. And then when Sunday comes... Those two, probably the three hours, three and a half hours max are in church. But then when they leave those doors, it's like they didn't go there. Especially on stuff like sit home. Mm. They don't only come to church. If you only come in once, twice (laughs) a year. They only come sometimes, they only come like once a year. They only want to come because they got a new outfit. The whole place is packed. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Easter, Christmas. (laughs) And I'm going to see you for another time. Only time I'm going to see you. There's another mm-hmm. Easter, Christmas, or a funeral. That's the only time I'm going to see you. But you're not that. <laughs> you just want to show yourself off. I don't got to say Show home. yourself <laughs> off. You know, that nice little dress yeah. down. You know, a nice yeah. suit, nice dress, nice shoes. Dude, listen, I come you know, in here with jeans and the... shirt, man. Yeah. I come in jeans and shirt. I'm not trying to dress you. I'm not trying to look cute for no, nobody. It's like a show-off contest, you know? They, they, they dress to impress, you know? They're not Easter Sunday. That's all it is. That's <laughs> it, all it really it, is, man. It's usually how it is, you know? It, it's not about that. It's no. not about that one bit. But unfortunately, um, we only have so much time left of this broadcast. Um, okay. This is the time where, you know, please plug anything that you're a part of, you know, anything that anything they want to reach you with, social media-wise as well, too. And... You know, you gave a lot of great, um, uplifting advice um, within this show. But please, any more little nuggets of knowledge for someone who just wants to change their ways or wants to do better for themselves. So these last couple minutes, um, Trey, is for you. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. So I tell anyone that's actually watching it. Um... If you ever want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. It's Trey Miller. Um, I'm always posting positive things because that's what life is about. Um, you know, I get emails, I get calls, and people say, you know, if it wasn't for you saying that today, I'd be in a bad situation. I'm always encouraging people. Um, you can follow me up there. Um, you know, I can, you know, just contact me any way you want to. Um, I Just be encouraged no matter what you go through. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is just a everything is just seasonal. You know, seasonal that means it's only temporary. So whatever you deal with, it's just you're gonna make it out. Um, feel free to contact me. You know, it's um, my information is right there. I make myself public so you can find me. Um, like I said, I don't mind talking if you want to inbox me. You know, if you have a problem that you're scared to talk about, you know, you can talk to me. I didn't address my, I dealt with many people that, you know, is on all different levels from, you know, white, black, gay, um, mm-hmm. you know, angry, suicidal. I dealt with all that stuff. So I, I understand what it is. Um, if you want some advice, I'm here. I would never shut you down. Um, my opinion is just my opinion, but my opinion comes from what I've been through in life and the people that surround me. So I understand. So I'm always available. Um, you know, if you definitely want it, like I said, my name is Trey Miller on Facebook. Uh, direct message me. Um, I can give you my number if you direct message me and I can help you whatever you need. Like I said, I'll be the always one to lift you up because I know how it is when you go through a battle, especially a fire when you don't have nobody you can turn to when it gets hot. So I'm always available for you. Um, so, yes. Great. This has been a great conversation, and I hope you have me again because you know. Yeah, I'll... man, like I love to have you on. I really felt I just uh, just went into like little cracks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really felt I haven't went all the way there with you yet, man. I think there's so much we could just talk about and just inspire. And um, I would love it, man, because I was yeah, at the man. store. I was like, oh, I gotta get to this thing. I said, my buddy got a podcast. I gotta go. I didn't go nice miles for now to get. Cause I'm not missing this. And I was in traffic. I was like, oh no, I'm not today. I'm getting home, man. I wasn't going to fail you now, dear brother. I said, let me get home. I said, let me get there. I was, um, I drove from one to New Haven. I got here like 12 minutes. Oh, man. I was moving. Oh, I was you didn't even stop you. Compton didn't stop you. We just go. Oh, man. No, nah, brother, listen. That's what you got ways like for. This. Get yeah. You got to get to. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I didn't want to miss this, though, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I'm also in a program called, I'm also in a podcast called Lions Den. All uh, right. All right, yeah. So, let's talk. Okay, I got a couple minutes for this. Why is that? Plug it. Plug it. So my, my buddy, he's a he's like a brother. I seen him grow up since he's a kid. He's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we actually speak about topics that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the realest topics. I mean, we could be ourselves. We're not so die so holy where we don't. No, nobody cusses. It's just men having conversation because a lot of times we as men we don't have that outlet to talk. Um, we have great conversations. Um, you know, we, we just have people come up there, you know, from different people and they right. just plug it in. We just have a whole hour, half, you know, just great conversation to talk. Um, so that's fine. And like I said, we're going to be doing it back up again. Um, you know, so it's it's a wonderful thing just to know that men can actually turn somewhere and not be judged. Or not just men, just anyone, but it's, it's basically just for the men because we all need each other. Absolutely. So, you know what? You know what? Before we go off, um, mm. let, let, let let's plan something. Let's tease something real quick, okay? Okay. Let's let's get you and your boy on. You okay. know, talk about it. Plug your show. I'll try to get you guys on next month. Yeah, that's a Listen, promise. You just, we can make just it happen. Let Definitely. Let me know. I'll let him know, and we can do it. Absolutely. Um, like I said, there's always topics, man. Because like, even this is just like a little break of the ice thing, but. If you want to get into deeper conversations, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to talk about nothing because I don't care who has something to say, who doesn't have something to say, it doesn't bother me because my life is my life. It's not a it's not a storyteller, it's real stuff that happened, you know. 
but I didn't stay there. So that's a good thing where I could talk about it. But you just let me know, man. Like I said, anytime you want to have us up there, we'll do it. Um, you know, I can introduce you to my cousin. He's down North Carolina. Ooh. He was on the Lions then. He was in jail. He did 43 years um, for something that he didn't even do. Oh, you know, man. He, uh, a situation happened when I wasn't even born. They, uh, his friends raped somebody and he got in trouble for it and he didn't do anything. And his brother did 43 years, but he's, he's a, like, he's doing well for himself. He's, he loves God. He's in church. He works. So, you know, anything like I can bring different people to talk about it. And Definitely. Go from there. Absolutely, brother. Trey, it's been a blessing having you. I, I appreciate Thank you, you so brother. much. I appreciate Listen, you. You too. need me again, brother. I'll, I'll do another twenty. I'll do another good uh, hour for uh, you. I'll do ninety-one miles. I just, got, I just got to do the outro, brother, because we're gonna go on forever. <laughs> WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige Easy Blues is with us in spirit. Trey, thank you so much on behind no the brand. Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellent chalice Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know